Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk AEW and NXT from last night. AEW, hey, Chris Jericho wanted an answer, and he got his answer from John Moxley. Is he now a part of the inner circle? We're going to talk about that on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. And, of course, we talk about NXT. The way NXT started with that women's division headed by Rhea Ripley, your NXT women's champion, and then the main event now, your number one contender for the North American title, Keith Lee, and also how Keith Lee might factor in to this year's Royal Rumble. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I was convinced that, you know what, when it's all said and done, John Moxley is going to accept the invitation and he's going to become part of the inner circle. And everybody killed me on it. I got killed on social media. And when that happened, I was jumping up and down. I'm like, yes, John Moxley is part of of the inner circle and they're celebrating and then this happened. I forgot one final thing. Chris, my friend, I was just kidding. What? I would never join the inner circle. What? It's a stupid group. You have nothing that I want except for that. has duped Jericho in the inner circle. John Moxley owns a, the most expensive car in America. Yes. There you go. Take the car and kick his ass. I love it. <laughs> Tony Schiavone, take the car and then kick his ass. And that's exactly, Bully, what John Moxley did last night. I got to tell you, that uh, Ford GT, whatever it is, that is one of the biggest depreciating cars I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Last week, Jericho said it was worth millions. This week, it's 750000 Do not invest in that Ford GT. As soon as you take it <laughs> off the lot, it depreciates by wow. $2 million. But I digress. Uh, I thought that segment came off very well last night, and I'll explain to you why. Uh, I am man enough to tell you when I have been had. They got me good last night, and I had a big smile on my face knowing that I had been gotten. I got worked. Uh, I thought it was great. You know, uh, I think last week on the show, we were talking about this 
storyline and this angle. And I said, the obvious way to go is to have him say, no, I'm not joining you. I would have liked to have seen Mox become a part of the inner circle and then destroy the inner circle from within. And it was all a ploy, a ruse, all that stuff. And just stirring the pot and, and, and the power struggle between Chris and Dean uh, and, and Mox. Uh, so last night he says, yes, and he says yes at about 9:54. Now the the wrestler in me and the guy, you know, the 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 the, the, the guy the smart guy is looking at the clock going, "All right, he said yes. They accepted. Now they have 6 minutes of TV time left. Did they go home too early?" I'm legitimately wondering now if they blew through the segment too quickly. And now they're celebrating with the champagne and people are booing and Moxley's cutting promos on people and everybody's jacking each other off because they're all so excited that, you know, <laughs> that, that Moxley's in the inner circle. And I, I keep watching the time. I'm like, yep, okay, this is the way they go. This is the way they go. And then with one minute left when Mox is like, oh, by the way, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. They took you down a certain road, and then they they swerved you at the very end. It reminded me of Brock versus Daniel Bryan, where Brock beat up Daniel Bryan for seven straight minutes to the point where you were saying to yourself, oh, my God, this is going to be a squash match. I never saw this coming. Last night, I felt the same way. So I thought um, everybody in the inner circle, especially Chris and Moxley, did a great job. You're right. For like five minutes there, it wasn't the inner circle. It was another circle. And I think you referenced that just a little while ago. Um, but I was I kept looking at the, the right-hand corner of the screen. I was waiting for that signature. I'm like, please, come on. End it. Let's end this. I want Because I really wanted... Moxley to join the inner circle for what you just said, Bully, and the fact that that would be one hell of a story how he would kind of decay within that inner circle. He would, you know, the jealousy would root into Guevara and the other members of, uh, of the group, and, and then, and that would be one hell of a story to tell. But it's so funny, and this is why sometimes it's dangerous to look at social media when you're watching these shows and these segments. There were actually people saying, like, once Moxley did definitively say no and just wrecked havoc right in the last 30 seconds before they signed off, people were like, oh, my gosh, thank God Moxley finally said no. I thought for a second AEW jumped the shark. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you What are you talking about? To me, no matter what they decided to do, it would have been great because who you're dealing with in John Moxley and Chris Jericho, there was a part of me that was really hoping that John Moxley was going to be part of that inner circle. I liked what they did last night, and I would have liked it just as much if they decided to go in the other direction. Um, it's, it's good storytelling. And like I said, they got me. So think about this. I've been doing this for a long time, and and like I always say, when I watch these shows – I watch as a fan first. 
I really, really do. Because I want to be able to come on Busted Open and talk about the show from the fans' perspective first. And I want to tell you like why I liked something as a fan or why I didn't like something as a fan. And then give you the professional point of view and pull the curtain back yep. a little bit. As a fan last night... I got had. I got worked, and I loved it. I love it when somebody can work me on television because I, I see these things from a mile away. Last night, I didn't. I, they, they went down that road so much. They let out so much line, so much line, so much line. It's as if they were fishing last night, and they let me take the bait. They let me eat the bait. They let me swim away with the bait, and then they decided to hook me in. It was really good work last night. I enjoyed it. I got had, had a smile on my face, looking forward to to Moxley and Jericho, or Jericho obviously putting up the blockade in front of Moxley and saying, if you want a piece of me, you got to beat everybody in the inner circle first. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Let's get it to Keith Lee, your new number one contender for the North American Championship. Going to now challenge Roderick Strong for that championship title. Beats out Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee, Damian Priest, Punishment Martinez, Donovan Dijak, Dominic Dijakovic. (laughs) Keith Lee, your number one contender. The right decision, the right guy, and somebody that I think everybody who watches NXT loves. Agreed? Absolutely. Keith Lee is getting a great push. He's getting over. Um, I love his athleticism. I I love his work in the ring. I would like to see him protect himself a little more from all of these big aerial moves that he's taking from considerably smaller guys. Like, unless, unless I'm getting something wrong here... Did the Grimes kid hit the Spanish fly on Keith Lee last night? Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm not buying that. I, I'm. I'm not buying it. Th- th- that a, a guy of Grimes' size should not be able to hit hit Keith Lee with a Spanish fly. Like there are there are things that I've seen in the past couple of weeks. Keith Lee taking moves from much smaller guys. Like I didn't like it when I saw Roderick Strong manhandle Keith Lee a couple of weeks ago. I think Roderick Strong was able to get him up on his shoulders from a standing position. Listen, if Keith Lee was was like let's say Roderick Strong was down on the ground and Keith Lee was on the second rope, right? Yeah. About to give him like a double axe handle. But then Roderick popped up and he was able to punch Keith Lee in the gut and then put him on his shoulders. I'm okay with that because Keith Lee was already in the air and Roderick was just able to get underneath him and get on the shoulders. That to me is smart working. Roderick just picking Keith Lee up from a dead stance. I don't like that. I think Keith has to be a little bit more protective of his size. That's my only small critique with Keith Lee right now and his in-ring work. And what I love what they're doing with Keith Lee is this. Listen, and we talked a little bit about this during the break with Alex Metz. Like the WWE, when they hit on something that is hitting with the audience – they, they 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 hit it with you again. They hit it with you again. Sometimes they rush things because they know, hey, let's strike while the iron's hot. I like what they're doing with Keith Lee 
because almost like the WWE mentality would be is like, all right, we hit on this guy. The audience loves him. Let's throw him right into the main event. Let's throw him right into the championship title picture. I'm glad that they're having him go after the North American championship first because I would love to see Keith Lee hold on to this title for a while, kind of be that second-tier champion, and then when the time is right, move him up to the main event and go after the NXT championship. I gotcha. I agree with you. I want to pull something out of left field and give you a moment in time and see how you feel about it. Okay. And this is based off of Tuesday's conversation. Do you think Keith Lee will be in the Royal Rumble? You know what? Yes, I do. I do. Keith Lee is in the Royal... You want to talk about making somebody? You want to talk about moments in time? We talk about WrestleMania moments. How about a Royal Rumble moment? Let's make Keith Lee by having him go face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. How's that moment in time for you? I love it. But how is that going to end up for Keith Lee? Uh, I don't necessarily know, but that's how you help a guy to get over. I love it. So, you know, let's... And if you want to really get crazy? Well, don't get too crazy. All right, all right. Don't get. Right. Uh, let me stop you. You want to get nuts? <laughs> let me, Let's get nuts. Let me, let me stop you there. Let's not get too crazy, because I think the right move would be this: that there is a moment where everyone is down except for Keith Lee and Brock, and they're standing in the middle of the ring, face to face, and they have a stare down, and then everybody gets back up and piles on. So. No, you know, it's not Keith Lee eliminating Brock. It's not Brock eliminating Keith Lee. But all you need is that moment where they have that stare down and neither one is backing down. And that's that moment in time that can make Keith Lee. And that's a moment in time that you can bring back a year, two years, three years, five years from now. Absolutely. All I was talking about is a moment in time. Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar, face to face. They don't have to do a damn thing because the minute those two guys start staring dead in each other's eyes, everybody in the arena will be on their feet. That place will be boiling. That place will be rumbling. And listen, Dave, I don't put it past the WWE to do something completely different. You know, the other day I talked about the Punk and Brock scenario, Mm -hmm. which everybody seemed to love especially on social media and everybody's talking about oh my god this idea is great people are tweeting the wwe you need to listen to bully you need to do this you need to do this i'm not saying that that's what's definitely going to happen i'm just giving you a scenario that i think is money if i was there this is the scenario i would be pitching because i don't think we can get a bigger main event than brock and punk i think that is a money main event across the board But there are other scenarios that I have that include Brock. And since Brock is great at making guys, if if, if the WWE by chance wanted to call Keith Lee up, although I don't think it's the right time, I still think he's got a, a good amount of stuff to do in NXT, I don't put it past Brock by giving Keith Lee the same type of moment that the Undertaker gave Maven years ago. All right, but if that if that were to happen, 
and 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 listen, you you seem to you you know Brock better than anybody. He can smell what's good for business and will make something happen and sacrifice himself for good business. He, we've seen him do it in the past. If that were to happen, let's just say that were happen at this year's Royal Rumble, where Keith Lee eliminates Brock Lesnar, would they keep Keith Lee on NXT? I think you could. But then you'd have to build. Uh, I don't know what the build would be. Like I, I, when I come up with this stuff on the show, Dave, it's off the top of my head. It's these ideas that just pop into my head as we talk. So if you gave me five minutes, I could come up with a story mm-hmm. for you. And there's no reason why you couldn't keep Keith Lee on NXT and run the parallel storyline with Brock Lesnar. Now, does Keith Lee just eliminate Brock in the middle of the match? Or does Keith Lee actually win the Royal Rumble? How different would that be? Wow. How shocking would that be? Well, uh, listen, if Keith Lee... And how much credibility does it give NXT? Well, because then you would have... Could you do this? Could you have Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble? And you know that the winner of the Royal Rumble decides what championship they want to go after. Could he decide to go after the NXT championship and not the WWE or the Universal Championship? I don't know if they would give NXT that much play on a major, major pay-per-view like the Royal Rumble. That decision doesn't give NXT the shine. It actually takes the shine off the WWE Universal Championship. You can't have somebody like Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble and say, nah, I don't want a shot at the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Nah, I don't want a shot at the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I want a shot at the NXT Championship. That takes all of the shine and all of the focus off of the two biggest championships in the WWE. Understand what you're saying, but I don't think Vince would ever let that fly. No, I don't think so either. But maybe all you need is for Keith Lee, like you said, to have that stare down with Brock in the middle of that matchup, and that's all it's going to take to give him that shine. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Your NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley involved in that six-woman tag match to start. She is your champion. Um... Maybe a little uneasy on the mic, not uneasy when it comes to the ring, not uneasy when it comes to presence, not uneasy when it comes to star power. I think we all agree Rhea Ripley is the real deal. You know, I talk about Rhea Ripley's stature and how impressive she looks, her height, her general size, the hair slicked back, the gear. Hard to stand next to Rhea Ripley and look as big of a star, or if not a bigger star than her right now, right, Dave? That's right. I think Tony Storm did a tremendous job last night. Tony Storm looked like she belonged right in the middle of that spotlight with Rhea Ripley. She looked the part just as much as Rhea Ripley looks the part. And let's look at this women's division really quick, since you do have 
Rhea Ripley at top. You still have Shayna Baszler, who has that presence too, and you talk about that credibility. She definitely has that. And then you look at a Bianca Belair, who I think is the perfect heel. You you look at, uh, as you mentioned, Tony Storm has that presence of being a star. Io Shirai is just a badass. She's awesome. She has presence as well. We talk about that class of NXT with Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Becky Lynch and Bailey. This is one hell of a class of women that NXT has currently too. Man, and in some ways you look at star power, they might even have a little bit more star power right now than they ever have before, bully. Um I think it's equal. I think it's uh, comparable. I think the crop of women they have right now does measure up to those other women. I don't know about work rate yet. Yeah, that's going to take that, time, yeah. Uh, yeah, the work rate is going to take time, but so far I like what I'm seeing. One of, the, one of the things about Rhea last night that I really loved, and I said it at the beginning of the show, was when she turned around and she popped Bianca Belair. That was a great punch from a very athletic, big woman. Bianca Belair should have took a bump. Don't you think? I mean, it's I a, can't disagree it's a with you. It's a tiny little thing, but she should have took a bump for that punch. That's your women's world, world champion. And she just hauled, around, hauled off, turned around, and cracked you right in your freaking jaw. You were just able to take the shot? No, that's where you got to bump. This is where registering and selling is so, so important. Bianca Belair could have made Rhea Ripley's punch look a lot more credible with just a bump. And then conversely, I see Candice LeRae go in and she's doing these, these body shots that just didn't come off very credible to me. All these little things make a difference. But big picture, I thought those six women... Did a great job in the opening promo segment, and I thought they did a great job with their match. And you can tell, just in those six women, you can tell that the future of the WWE's women's division definitely um, has a great next layer to it. There's no doubt about it. You look at the women that were just in that ring, and then you do throw in a Shayna Baszler, and then you look at... What's going on with Raw and SmackDown with Becky and Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey and Asuka? I mean, their women's division in the WWE right now is probably second to none. You know, you just brought up Becky's name again, and uh, I'm starting to see a lot of stuff out there on social media. The Becky backpedal, the cracks in the wall, starting to happen. Explain. Nah. I I'm mean, just, no. Uh, enough. It, it, we've talked about it already about you know people like even her people booing her when she throat punched Oscar. I'm telling you, there's little cracks in the wall. Okay, I mean Pe- people people are getting a little turned off. This pity party that she's bringing upon herself, I don't think is resonating with people. There's some stuff going on there now. To Alex's point the other day, this might have been Monday or Tuesday, that can all just completely go away if Ronda were to come back and beat the shit out of her and get an immense amount of heat on her and just bust her open 
and she was bleeding profusely. Old school heat, where red equals green. But as of right now, I see, I'm just telling you what I read on social media. And I'm seeing it more than not. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when the pop dies in the arena and you can tell. Like the other night I told you, I saw Becky come out and people weren't out of their seats. That's why I tweeted that Austin pop. That's the kind of pop that all pops should be measured by. Starting to see little thing, little backpedal from people. It's fun. It's going to be it, interesting to see what happens in the future. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then we'll probably get more and we'll definitely get more into that as we get closer and closer. But you brought up crowd. And when we watch AEW Dynamite, we can gauge the crowd like we talked about with Orange Cassidy. Mark brought this up as well. When Orange Cassidy puts his hands in those pockets and everybody gets on their feet and, and you get that tremendous pop, you know that Orange Cassidy is over. Here's where is that problem with NXT. It's hard to really gauge with that full-sale crowd. So I'm wondering if they were in big arenas, what would the crowd be, the crowd response be for Rhea Ripley, for Tony Storm? I'm interested to get those types of gauges as they get into bigger and bigger venues. If you bring Rhea Ripley out on Monday Night Raw tomorrow, uh, next week in Chicago, does she get a response? Chicago, yes. New York? Yes. Boston? Yes. Detroit? Yes. L.A.? Uh, yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Duluth. Oof. Bangor. Ah. Sheboygan. Mickey. Get my point? I do. Still got to get them over. There's NXT over, and then there's main roster over. And that is, and, and that's a fact. Well, I mean, let's that's face a fact. fact. It's fact, because you have millions watching on Monday and Friday, and you haven't until week one, you haven't reached a million mark when it comes to NXT. So you're talking, you're comparing hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to millions of people. There's a huge difference between who's watching Monday Night Raw and who's watching NXT on Wednesdays. Now, those talents just showing up on Raw and SmackDown and being that over, maybe those talents showing up and being able to fit in immediately. Yes, I could see Rhea Ripley standing across the ring from Charlotte Flair right now. I'm not telling you that Rhea Ripley is the worker that Charlotte Flair is, but I could see her standing there face-to-face and doing some good business. I could see that with a few of the women that are on the NXT brand right now. This is where, like, this is interesting, and this is where I get into that discussion with you about NXT being that third brand. Because this is where I still think there's a lot of developmental when you look at NXT. I still think, Bully, NXT is still that gauge brand when it comes to the WWE. They're gauging Rhea Ripley right now. If Rhea Ripley gets to the point where she is majorly over and she's a major superstar, do you think she's still going to be a part of NXT? Or is she going to be on Raw or SmackDown? She has the look for Raw or SmackDown. That's the thing. She stands out so much. She's got that superstar look to her. My concern for Rhea right now, and this is preliminary, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure she's going to get a lot better. In history, 
how many guys have gotten over to the moon with work rate but no microphone skills? Very few. In this era, how many guys? In this era, highly unlikely. How many guys have gotten over to the moon with mediocre work rate and superior on the microphone? Many. Get my point when it yep. comes to Rhea Ripley? Got to work on those promo skills. Got to work on that comfort level with that microphone in your hand. And that's why I bring up that there's still a little developmental in NXT. Because I think Rhea Ripley is still a work in progress. Let me ask you, Bully. Would, first of all, would you agree that Rhea Ripley is still, wait, can you bring up the mic skills, is still a work in progress? Right now, on the microphone, yes. Would they put a major championship on a wrestler on Raw or SmackDown if they were still a work in progress? They put a championship on Asuka, and she wasn't able to really resonate verbally and had to revert back to the Japanese. Does that answer your question? When um, Are you talking about her now as a tag team champion? Yeah, I guess I guess you're not counting the tag no. team championship, right? No. So your question is, would they put Rhea Ripley on the main roster with mediocre communication skills? Yes. No. You got to get over on the mic because you have to be able to tell stories. There's 900 writers in the WWE writing promos for people. You have to be able to speak the promos that they're writing. Now, maybe NXT, and I, I think I'm, I'm kind of answering my own question here, is a throwback because Greg the Hammer Valentine, and, and he's phenomenal with the microphone in the car as he travels all across this great country from one gig to the other, but you would say that Greg Valentine wasn't a master on the microphone, correct? I thought he did a good enough job to get his point across. Good enough. But he was phenomenal in the ring. Now, he was low to the ground, but he could tell his story in the ring. NXT is kind of a throwback to a different era. I think you could succeed in NXT with limited mic skills because, as you said, it is by far the best wrestling show. It's wall-to-wall wrestling when you're watching NXT on Wednesday nights. That's why I think Rhea Ripley could be a champion and a major superstar on NXT with limited mic skills where I don't think she could be as successful on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown on Fox. Agreed. So it's going to be interesting to see what the future for Rhea Ripley holds. And again, I still, I, I understand that NXT is live every Wednesday on USA, but it's hard for me to buy in that the WWE perceives it as a third brand when even when you go to WWE.com, you go to Superstars, it says WWE Champions, and it shows that it shows your WWE Champion and your Universal Champion, and then the Raw Women's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion, the IC Champion, the United States Champion. You get my point. And then in a, sip, a separate category, it says NXT Champions. In the eyes of the WWE, even though this show is live on USA on Wednesday, they don't put NXT in the same category as Raw and SmackDown just yet. That's why I say they're still a little developmental when you look at NXT. Do you agree, Bully? Absolutely, and I think on the WWE's chessboard, NXT is still looked at as pawns. Now, a pawn can be the strongest 
piece on a chessboard if positioned the right way, i.e. Survivor Series. Was NXT positioned the right way? Yes, it was. Still pawns. That's not taking anything away from those guys. It's just the way they're looked at right now. I think as time goes on and NXT becomes more of a established third brand, you'll see those pawns turned into kings and knights and queens and rooks and castles that will be able to command more attention. It's just a question of how much Vince wants to allow that to happen because at the end of the day, it is his call. Triple H is doing a phenomenal job with NXT. We can agree, right? Yes. Do you think Vince had any say on NXT going on to USA? Yes. Of course. Yeah. At the end of the day, his call. So NXT can be whatever and whenever and whatever they need it to be at any given time. And it's going to be, when you talk about it being a pawn, it's interesting what NXT role is going to be at the Royal Rumble. Because that's going to really tell you something as well. Is what we're going to see at the Rumble this year. Absolutely. Let's see if they give NXT the same spotlight at the Rumble as they did at Survivor Series. And all you need to do is take one talent. And earlier in the show, we talked about Keith Lee. What if Keith Lee was standing face-to-face with Roman Reigns? What if Keith Lee was standing face-to-face with Braun Strowman? What if Keith Lee was standing face-to-face with Brock Lesnar? Those are your moments. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. All fans need is that one picture in their mind, that one snapshot of Keith Lee standing face-to-face with any of the guys that I just mentioned, and automatically Keith Lee's stock goes up in fans' eyes because he was just standing toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye with a much bigger perceived star. You give me Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar, and I'll hand you a bag full of money. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Uh, some sad news in the world of pro wrestling. Pompero Furpo passed away. Uh, son uh, sent out a tweet uh, today about an hour ago saying he passed away early this morning. I mean, 80, 89 years old. Uh, was going to turn 90 on April 6th, and he had some of the m- most amazing feuds in the history of pro wrestling with the Mighty Igor, with the Sheik, with Bobo Brazil. So give a little shout-out to a legend who passed away earlier today. Heard a lot of stories about him from the likes of guys like Bill Apter and George Napolitano. So uh, to his family, our condolences. Very sorry for your loss. Absolutely. Um, I mentioned a tweet that Alex Metz sent out. He not only sent out the tweet with Elvis and um, the Beatles and who had more success with the ladies as of right now. Let me see where that is right now. I got to go look and see what that is right now. It's 6040. Uh, Elvis right now. Oh, so it's getting a, it's getting a little closer. It's tightening up a bit. Interesting. So it is getting it's tightening up due to tighten up. And it was not more success with the ladies, Dave. It was who was more over with the ladies. Big difference. Big so difference. we need our. Yeah, so whoa, 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 whoa. 
define over. <laughs> exactly. Over. Like, were you over if they got under? Like, like what? How do you define so, over? No, I'm talking it, like uh, I'm talking like Austin Pop mercy over. Daddy. No, if Ooh, you're mercy daddy. if you're under, you're still over. <laughs> you don't have to be over to be over. You can still be under. Why can't you be both? You can be both. Oh, that's an interesting take from yeah. the girl. Yeah. Why can't you be under and over? Mm-hmm. Or over and under. <laughs> Sideways. <laughs> Let's just say Elvis didn't do a lot of stroking. You know what I mean? He didn't like to dance the stroke. What about you? Stroke me, stroke me, Billy Squire. You do what you can. Um... Also, Alex, Alex, Alex Metz posted a nice tweet that he's calling for the nation to bring LaGreca heads in full force to AEW Dynamite for Bash at the Beach when they're in Miami next week. And MJF responded to the tweet and said, I'll burn Miami to the ground. So once I responded to him and I said, I triple dog dare him. I hope he burns Miami to the ground. Again, bring the LaGreca heads. And if you go to at David LaGreca1 or at Busted Open Radio, we give a little information how you can get some of the LaGreca Dave, heads because a lot of people respond and what. If you were smart, you would make sure that everybody in the front row had their LaGreca heads. Just a flock of LaGreca heads when MJF came out. How would I do I want, that? I want to see MJF piss on a LaGreca head on live TV. Oh, wow. Actually take it out, aim it, and fire? Yes. Right over that big, stupid smile of yours. That would make for some good TV. Maybe the final episode of AEW Dynamite on TNT, but it'd be a but hell still. of a way to get out. <laughs> Speaking of the nation, are you ready to get back to the Busted Open Nation? Sure. Let's go out to Justin. In California, Justin, what did you want to say about Brock? Well, I think Brock, well, first of all, this rumble is probably the most exciting rumble I can remember when it comes to anticipation that I've had for a while. Usually it's just one big gimmick party, but I think this is the first one that I actually have anticipation for, mainly due to the fact that it's kind of a, it's kind of a reset. I think the last couple of years, there's kind of been a little bit of staleness with mania and when it comes to getting up to mania because they usually set things out a little too far in advance the rumble kind of sets it up to where you only have a couple uh, like a two-month turnaround before before mania and they can really set up a lot of things brock can set up so many other things bully was saying earlier when it comes to lashley but honestly i don't think fans have forgotten about lashley when it comes to that anticipation against uh brock lesnar at some point in time but you can totally set that up with the Rumble. If if Brock is just going through people left and right and Lashley comes in as an entrant and you just see that initial face-to-face with those two in the ring, I think that'll jog everyone's memory super quick and that can really set up things later. I mean, they can even set up, like you guys were saying earlier on, when it comes to Keith Lee and Roman Reigns. Because you can set up even a story later on down the road to where Keith Lee has now gotten eliminated by Roman Reigns in the Rumble, and he got eliminated by Roman Reigns when it comes to Survivor Series. So they can set something up later on to where I can't get past this guy, and they can set up something between him and Roman Reigns later on. So, I mean, they can even set up Braun Strowman against uh, Brock Lesnar. So this Brock Lesnar thing, it can really set up so many things down the road in the Rumble this time can really set up so many things down the road. 
Yeah, you know what? It's a really good call, Justin. And I always wanted to see Lashley against Brock. As soon as he came back, that's the matchup that I wanted to see. Obviously, both of them with their MMA backgrounds as well. I just don't know if you had a stare down between Lashley and Brock, if it would work right now because of this story that Lashley is in. Also, too, Lashley right now is probably one of the most hated wrestlers because of this storyline. That would make Brock the baby face in a matchup with Lashley at WrestleMania. I don't know if that's what they would want to set up right now either. Um, I agree with that. I also have not come off my idea of Seth versus Brock. Maybe going past the Rumble, we see a heel Seth versus a baby face Brock. We talked about you know, doing something completely different with Brock. Turning him babyface, you know, showing a side of him that we've never seen before, getting another layer of depth to the emotion, actually feeling compassion for Brock, which feel which feels so weird to say, but it would be com- so different. I don't know how they get there in this short amount of time. A lot of different. And this is another why I hate it when people bash Brock Lesnar. There's so much you can do with him. We've we've come up with ideas on the show of Brock as a babyface versus Seth. Brock versus Punk. Brock versus Keith Lee. All of these ideas work. Why? Because of Brock. What's the common denominator? It's Brock. Brock is so freaking versatile. You can do so much Things, so many great things with him. The biggest thing, make money. Well, I think this is the same thing we said about Cena back in the day. Everybody was tired of seeing Cena. They hated the PG era. They wanted to get away from Cena as champion. But there was nobody that could get somebody over like John Cena. And nobody had the big match feel like John Cena. It's the same thing with Brock. If you put Keith Lee in that Royal Rumble situation that we posed before and you put anybody else on that roster in place of Brock, does not have the same feel that what Brock Lesnar can give you. And just think about that. Keith Lee goes face-to-face and nose-to-nose with Roman Reigns. Wow, that's a moment. Keith Lee goes face-to-face with Braun Strowman. Wow, that's a moment. Keith Lee goes face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. That's a mega moment. And it makes you. Let's go back That's, out to the That Nathan. shows you how over Brock is. Just by standing there, he can make you more than anybody else. And I don't think there's anybody else that can make that announcement that they're entering into the Rumble and they're going to be the first entrant that has the same kind of, like he said, the anticipation to watch the Rumble than what Brock just gave you. And there's nobody else that could do that. Nobody. Let's go out to Nick in North Carolina. Nick, what did you want to say about AEW last night? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh... First off, I just wanted to say that I'm officially a paying customer of Sirius XM, so I actually now get to catch the whole show, where in the past I only got to get the podcast. And um, I wanted to go into uh, Chris Statlander. And, um, you know, I've heard in the past the women's division in AEW be continuously criticized. Um, I feel like Chris Statlander adds, like, a new, unique... um, and, and, and she's an awesome wrestler, and she's from my hometown. And I'm really looking forward to what she does going forward. Um, and 
I did not like what happened last night. I would have rather seen, if anything, maybe even a clean loss or Britt Baker um, interrupt the match. I felt like would have made more sense, but I felt like everything that happened in that match against Rio was a complete shit show. It was it wasn't the best segment, and I agree. And I actually tweeted it out about Chris Statlander last night. Um, she's a star. Uh, I think she's going to be somebody that could be a big presence with AEW. But I think we'd all agree that um, the segment last night was confusing and a bit of a mess. You tweeted about Statlander being a star. And what did I tweet back to you? Well, you said that uh, you told Ring of Honor that that was somebody that they should put under contract. A couple of weeks ago, you tweeted about um, uh, uh, Styles. Um, Where's her name again? Um, oh, uh, Tasha Steeles. Tasha Steeles. What did I tweet back to you? You said that that's somebody you went to Ring of Honor and said they should sign. Two girls that I saw tons of potential in that I said, Ring of Honor, you need to get these girls under your belt. You need to get them under contract. Don't know why they didn't sign them to contracts, but now look at how they're being utilized by these other companies. Is Tasha Steeles going to be a star in the NWA? Yes. Do you think that Chris Statlander will be a star in AEW? Yes. I saw that same potential in both of those women, and I wanted to help beef up the women's division in ring of honor my point is i agree with what the caller just said about chris statlander and these are women that i younger women in the business that i see see potential in and saw potential in and i think they're going to do well for both companies respectively thanks for listening catch us monday through saturday on busted open from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 the busted open podcast Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.